Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 354, and today we'll be talking about sea bunnies and mushroomers from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, we're doing a double build today, we're doing sea bunnies and we're doing mushroomers. I think we're going to have more to say about sea bunnies than you think. It, it There's a lot th- that happens. Like, this is a great opener for season four. Adventure Time also did these guest directors, guest art direction episodes, but they never put them as the start, which I love that I just started season four of Summer Camp Island and was just treated to <laughs> the uh, the visuals of Julian Glander, who I, I just like, I feel was somewhere deep in, hiding in, in, in my pop culture consciousness. And I like had to look him up and He's been in, you know, had his art in like random newspaper articles and also he's been sneaking himself around in Summer Camp Island because it turns out that some of the title cards are actually made by him as yeah. well. Like the computer vampire one, which makes a lot of sense because it's very 3D and strange. I feel like I've been on this website before, but like, I don't know, would I be here to see who did the art for a title card? I guess it's possible. Yeah, Glander.co, his website is great. It's got that, like, spinning color wheel (laughs) going, uh, background thing going on. Uh, Only uses a monospaced font. And uh, I feel like the word vaporwave is used so much that people don't know what it means, including me. I don't know what it means. But I think his, like, color palette is very vaporwave-y, but also just, like, built for the age of monitors and digital displays. And it just... You can't not look at it. It's just very strange. And there's also digital noise over all of his stuff. I'm like pretty sure Vaporwave has to have like be a pink and some kind of chrome blue aesthetic or maybe it's like a violet pink. It's like something you would expect to see on a Hotline Miami cover. And there is a lot of that purple and pink, uh, but also a, a lot of other things. So I feel like it could be one of the influences. But another one of the influences feels like Kid Picks to me? Are you familiar with the piece of software called Kid Picks from uh, the 90s? Oh. Early 2000s? That sounds so familiar to me. Yes, I must be familiar with that. Like, the tools that were in Kid Picks and the sort of weird... Is, th- is there one where there's a bomb or a stick of dynamite and you, like, blow it up and it does something to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you can, like, is that erase the program your I'm image. Thinking of? Yeah, yeah. And it has some of those 3D models that just have the, like, they're sort of textureless, but they have lighting and shading that's very weird. It, it's just so distinct. And also, it's like a simpler version. Like, the 3D models are a simpler version of the weird way that the, like, 3D Mario and Donkey Kong characters used to look in, like, the art manuals of the N64. Like, that, the way that the shading is so stark because the textures are so simple. But, man, it's, uh, I, I just love looking at his site but yeah the the actual episode was delightful underwater a first for summer camp island i think don't think we've been had an entire episode underwater Uh, yeah i mean we've partied with mermaids before but that was on land so and then we have we have done paddling over a river or stream um jim jim's almost drowned (laughs) oh yeah luckily not thankfully hedgehog knows cpr both of but both of the opening episodes were about Oscar, which I enjoyed because I love our little sweet boy Oscar. Uh, I think Alice does too. 
Ah, uh, well, yes. We'll we'll get there, but I love their burgeoning relationship. Which also, Oscar can treat all relationships like he's already had them. So wonderful. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say that the standout for Sea uh, Bunnies was definitely the Globfish. Is that what they're called? Blob? No, a Blobfish. Yeah, Blobfish. I thought you were going to say the monsters. I loved their little <laughs> inclusion, their little minute of the episode. It's just like so random. Rather than asking them for a ride back to shore, he's like, oh no, I have to come back with a sea bunny or else. He's not treating it like Susie will bring me back on land if I bring her a sea bunny. It's Susie will allow me back on land if I bring her a sea bunny. And I don't think she cares that much. <laughs> I love the philosophical quandary at hand as well. If we return <laughs> the sea bunnies to the sea after fishing them, but we've also fished Oscar... <laughs> How does his agency play a role in our decision? Which, luckily, you know, Oscar, like you said, had his own plan in mind, so monsters didn't have to make a choice. Didn't want to get a sea goose cooked. <laughs> yeah, just slapping sea in front of things was great, including the inclusion of a sea Susie, which... Yes! Mysterious there. I've, I, I feel like this is one of those things you can do where you include a character that you would think would not come back in an episode like this that feels not necessarily non-canon, but just completely disconnected. Irrelevant. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe see Susie will make a return, because she also thinks that Susie sounds pretty cool. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lucy was very happy to be called diabolical, just like Susie, so <laughs> we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this goes. Uh, I loved the little game of telephone that they played. How very quickly that got corrupted, and then how persistent that corruption was until the very, very end. There was a great, I mean, the monsters were a great interlude, but also just sitting there watching the sort of radio waves travel from fish to sea creature, uh, and then you get like the little radio announcer sounding voices. This is just, <laughs> not like surreal, but very, this is chill vibes, and just, I don't know, very, very distinct. In its in its voice, and I I, I love that. Let's see, but uh, what else to say? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a journey. Like this episode is a journey. Yeah, there because I'm like, do I want to talk about the alien stealing the L off the portal potty? So it says porta potty. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But like, the alien looks pretty wild. Like this, I'm not gonna lie. E everyone looks wild. I love how adorable oscar is <laughs> in this as well i also love the sea bunnies especially the not actually sea bunny bunnies the sea rabbits yeah the sea the sea rabbits is that what the bad ones were yeah the the bad ones were the sea rabbits the sea bunnies were non-speaking as far as we know yeah the those were i loved their little song i loved that Oscar did not want to go into the horrible <laughs> trench of you know death and despair but you know there's like that kind of weird darkness that <laughs> could happen in this episode, which the art style just makes you feel like it's all bright and colorful, but also deeply strange and unnerving and uncanny almost. And then here's the pit of certain doom. Yeah, like their little song in that pit as the camera's slowly rotating. You're thinking, all right, <laughs> are we just going to watch Oscar's flesh get eaten? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, probably not his flesh. No, you know, probably not. Ah, but okay, so aside from saying that sea bunnies was a trip, did you want to move on to mushroomers? 
Yes. <laughs> a little more substantial. Apparently this is the one year anniversary of him meeting Alice. What? That can't be right, though. Well, but he said it was going to be their mushroom anniversary and an anniversary. I think they've been at summer camp for a year now. <laughs> is, uh, we've never had a time flows differently on the island thing, right? That's never been the case. Uh, I don't think so. But uh, season three ended with Lucy saying she was never going home. So have they just <laughs> like the parents? <laughs> no, they're in regular contact with the parents. There's no. You know, surprise, no one's been talking to their parents. We we do know that at least a lot of those letters are written by Susie. Perhaps all of them are written by Susie. They talk on the phone, too. I'm, I can't recall the mm. last episode that they ah, talked to their parents right. on the phone. But Lucy gets letters that are written by Susie because her mother doesn't care about her. But yes, Oscar does have access to a telephone. Hmm, fascinating, fascinating. So I don't know what this anniversary could be. Like, canonically, his mother talks to him several times a day, so. I mean, this is Oscar, though. I <laughs> He would make up an anniversary. He's already making up his own family, which I appreciate. And also, yeah. elephants and mammoths, sure. Your family, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I will say, uh, Alice is both oddly insistent that we're not actually related, and please come over to my place, Oscar. So... I'm just saying. It's very sweet. Also, she calls him Bubby the whole time. <laughs> oh, so adorable. Yes, that was that was genuinely adorable. She is she is the cutest witch. Like if, if cuteness is a lifestyle, she is easily the cutest witch. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> that's just she you know, Charlene Yee playing her. Like you can't not. It's it's just too it's too easy. And she's gotten much more like Alice has her own voice distinct from Ruby now. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, this is there. There's been a lot of growth in that direction. I love it. We did have another, you know, we occasionally have different Sadie Millers showing up. This time we had Sadie Mill Spore. <laughs> I worked on that one a long yeah, time. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we did get her showing up as a mushroom. I'm wondering if that sandwich from Teen Titans Go, if there were any mushrooms on that sandwich. I'm just saying. Which sandwich? She gets around. There's a, there's a sandwich that Robin gets stolen from him, and he goes crazy, and eventually it turns out that the sandwich stole itself and wanted to eradicate all non-sandwich life, and they had to fight it, and it was voiced by Kate Micucci, a.k.a. Sadie Miller. This is surely a Teen Titans Go episode. Yeah, it's, that's what I said. It's a fantastic, fantastic uh, episode. Yes. Teen Titans Go. My new favorite show. Oh, I love when it's, it's referenced. It's your old favorite show at this point. Ah, uh, yes. I love when it's referenced. It's my fave. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? It's fun. Hey, if they if they get a top tier voice actress on there, you gotta mention it. It's fun. It's fun. Let's see. That one and Starfire the Terrible. I think I love those episodes. I'm thinking about how much Alice struggled to make nice compliments about mushrooms. And one of them would have been <laughs> oh. that I've never seen a mushroom in Teen Titans go. She could have she could have whipped that one out. But uh, apparently mushrooms will take you to the airport. That was <laughs> the best. She no, could they'll come pick up. you up from the airport. Oh, even yes. 
actually much more of a task than just driving someone to the airport because as another mushroom mentions you have to potentially wait on someone for hours if their flight plan changes you know i heard this one time a mushroom was driving down the highway and saw someone who had broken down not only did he fix their car he gave them a full tune-up and rotated the tires mushrooms are the nicest people uh the dandelions are just a perfect addition to the summer camp island lore of you know seeing mundane things like you know the dandelion seeds floating in the wind and thinking oh yeah they spread gossip, of course. Yeah, I, I loved the line, oh, you served up a dandelion dish. <laughs> yes. A very clever pun. Still not as clever as that. I'm still, my mind is still reeling from the snot tissues that uh, Alice uses being Ah, uh, you, you put a little boogie in it, yeah. I mean, that's still, my mind is still reeling, but yeah. <laughs> Mushroom puns also are great. That was a that was a good dad joke. That was a good pun. What do you think of the death cap? I loved the mushroom characters in Shira a lot, and I love more mushroom characters. <laughs> I just think they are adorable. Wait, hold on. What mushroom characters were there in Shira? Uh, the mushroom people. There's like a whole race of mushroom people that exist. You see them more in season four or season five, even. What story arc were the? Oh, yes, I remember that town. Okay, yes. Yeah, yes, there's yes. like a shop keeper and stuff. Oh my god. Yep, I remember them. I remember. It's just something about. I guess it stems <laughs> stems from <laughs> characters like Toad. You know, just their little silly fungus heads. There's there's something great. And they had a they had a reference to fellow HBO Max show, The Fungies. Uh, in this in this one, as the death cap is carting Alice away to try a button mushroom, you see the main character, the Fungies, sitting there in the foreground. Oh, no way! I haven't watched the Fungies yet, so that's super cool. I tweeted that one out, so if you, if you look for at GC13LSS, you can see, <laughs> go back a few days, because I'm saying this on Sunday, and this episode won't go out until Tuesday, so go back a couple days and you'll see the picture. That's you know, a nice spot. I feel like I'm not even cool and up to date on all Cartoon Network shows. Yeah, you gotta follow Cartoon Network on Twitter. You'll see uh, they post stuff from all of their stuff. These shows, are these shows even branded Cartoon Network anymore? Like, when I watch Summer Camp Island, it just has HBO branding on it. Yeah, but Cartoon Network still talks about it, I guess because it's a Cartoon Network Studios project. Yeah, and it still says that in the credits, so that's true. Man, that's so weird. If that, I, It'll always be the studio, or for a while, I guess, anyway. But... Wow. Anyway. Yeah, I love the Royal Mush and Death Cap. I thought that the premonitions being so, you know, horrific looking <laughs> and so deeply affecting Alice was a great, you know, start to the pun that it's just trying to feed her. Yeah, like you'd think that she wouldn't be getting premonitions warning her that she's going to love eating mushrooms. Well, I don't even know how the premonitions work. Like, are they coming? For some reason, I had the sense that they came from the death cap or something but i guess that's not the hmm. case i guess it's something more mystical yeah i don't know i don't know where that prem is coming from apparently it's a common one the death cap gets around i guess yeah it must not be directed it's just for some reason it felt that way because the narrative was controlled right like if it was just a natural ability witches had to see the future then why was it shrouded in a lie <laughs> but I mean, it was in the witch's library specifically, so I'm assuming this is a this kind of premonition is a witch thing. Yeah, 
another witch power. Although much later in the season, I mean, they we'll have a see lot. that they already have different ways to see into the future. So, and it, they're not accurate either. So, I mean, we have to we have to give witches something because we apparently took away their ability to control nature. Even though I uh, seem to remember Susie drying up an entire lake without consequence in an uh, in an earlier season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the introduction of that rule is specific to this episode only just for convenience, or if they're actually trying to introduce the idea that witches are not supposed to go against nature. I mean, they they hem and haw over the witches' place in the hierarchy. In the first season, the witches were just a small part of a much larger magical machine, and then later on, the witches became the top dogs on the island, and then now it's right back to the whole witches have to play their part and do what they're supposed to. They, uh, They've been just seesawing all over the place. I mean, season seasons one and two, they're low. Season three, they're high. Now they're low again. And I don't know if that inconsistency is something I really am worried about. Or even if it's an inconsistency, it's kind of just whatever story we're being told. And also how important, <laughs> you know, the the would just present themselves to be. So, eh. I mean, I just want to know, how important can a witch liking mushrooms really be if Alice is the strongest witch of them all and she does not like mushrooms? I shudder to think of how powerful she'll become now that she eats them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I do think that this is also a story that somehow gets kids to like mushrooms, and I'm here for that. (laughs) That there's actually a traditional kids lesson in this episode, which is, Eat eat some shrooms, kids. They're they're actually totally great. I mean, if you don't eat your fajitas with mushrooms, you're not eating your fajitas right. Brought to you by the Fajita Council of America. I'm very glad that the uh that the dancing bananas made an actual in show appearance. Is this I as far as I could tell, this is their first one, right? Yep, but apparently Alice conjures these up all the time. That's just I love that that was I mean, I love that she's the origin of them, but also just that they exist. Bananas exist. I believed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, season four finally delivered, brother. (laughs) I mean, for years we've been calling Alice an elephant, but no, she is a woolly mammoth. Ugh. And I saw saw Wikipedia get updated with that little fact. (laughs) Yeah, was that, um, you know, maybe that was meant to be more of a reveal. You know, since we didn't explicitly know it before, and I guess you wouldn't have guessed. No, nope, I definitely didn't. I mean, I guess it makes sense. She's ancient compared to Oscar, so... Ooh! Yeah, are woolly mammoths yep, as extinct yep. in this world? Good point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would assume they are, but they don't have to be. I mean, it just makes sense. Again, she's much older than him, therefore she's a woolly mammoth. Boom. Woolly mammoths in our world died because of environmental changes, not because of hunting, right? Um, I don't think either helped them out. It's like, did the Roman Empire fall because of civil war or barbarians? It's a little bit of both. It's just, like, (laughs) hopefully this world didn't have people hunting woolly mammoths. But also, we did have that one episode where parts of American history happened that I can't believe happened. So, who knows? I mean, it's a it's a very complicated alternate history, I'll give you that. Yeah, I just <laughs> Yeah. Perhaps more shocking than I than I realize. So were those our thoughts on sea bunnies and on mushroomers? 
really want to make a good mushroom pun to end it. But <laughs> your brain's turned to mush. Well, that was where my brain went first. <laughs> uh, hey, sometimes the low hanging fruit is the sweetest. And sometimes, nope, I got nothing to follow that up. And sometimes there's no fruit, so you have to scrape the mushrooms off the log beneath the tree where there's no fruit. Great joke. The end. Delicious. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Sea Bunnies and Mushroomers. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.